Hey everyone, Anthony from Easier here. I'm super excited that you're taking the time to listen to one of my first episodes. As with any new project, there's always a bit of a learning curve involved. For me, that curve was figuring out how to make my audio sound awesome. Don't get me wrong, you can definitely hear everything in this episode, and the content is great. I just wanted you to know that it took me a few episodes, until episode 7, to get it sounding just right. Just like this. All right. That's enough disclaimer. Let's get to the show. You're listening to Easier, a podcast all about making your life easier. This is episode number six. I'm Anthony Wagner, and my passion is all about finding the best, simplest, and yes, easiest ways of getting things done. Each week, I'll bring you my favorite tips, tricks, and hacks for living a simpler life. This week, I'll update you on how my mini laundry strategy has been going for me from episode two. Then we'll talk about my morning routine. I'll tell you why I started the routine, what I include in it, and how it works for me. And finally, I have another quick life hack for you, how to ensure that you wake up to your alarm in the morning. All right, here's a quick update on a strategy that I suggested in episode number two, which is the strategy of doing mini laundry. In other words, doing small batches of laundry more frequently to try and keep things from building up. And what I'll say is that it kind of worked. I noticed that I do my laundry more often, but it still tends to build up and I have a big pile of clothes to fold because I'm not getting to them as often as I should be. So... You know, I I hoped that this would really work, and I'm going to keep thinking about ways to keep on top of my laundry, but if you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear them. One other thing I'm going to try is, again, from the Happier podcast, I'm borrowing again, but they suggest that in order to get laundry done, especially folding more frequently, start by telling yourself you'll just have to fold five things. And if you fold five things, you'll be successful. You can leave the rest and not have to worry about it for the rest of that day. And a lot of times after just doing five things, you'll kind of be in that space and getting started is the hardest thing. After you get over that hurdle, then you'll just likely get all the rest of it done. But I'm going to give that a try and let you know if that works. Like I said, if you have something that you think would work better, I would love to hear it. You can email me at podcast at easiercast.com or visit easiercast.com slash six and scroll all the way to the bottom of that page to leave me a comment. All right, so the big topic for this episode is all about my morning routine, and this is something that I started establishing a couple of years ago, and it's fluctuated a lot over time, and I'm going to tell you kind of where it is right now, and I'm sure that somewhere down the line, I'll be tweaking it again and adding or removing something, but this is where I am right now. So the first thing I'll say about this is where did the idea for establishing a morning routine come from? Well, I read a book way back when, it was had to be a couple of years ago, called The Sweet Spot, and this is by an author named Christine Carter, and she suggests as part of this book, which I think is about, if I remember correctly, about finding ways to get more done and to be more fulfilled in life, she suggests that you establish a morning routine in order to give yourself some kind of 
anchor every day. And so I tried that. And I can say for sure that this has absolutely worked for me. I find that I get a lot more done in the morning. I'm very productive. Morning is my productive time. I get a lot more done in the morning and having a routine to follow helps me kind of get in that groove. One of the challenges I was concerned about up front was that I wouldn't be able to maintain it. I've in the past I've worked on projects and they just didn't I didn't see them through to completion and I had to kind of get over that and now I'm in this routine. I've been in it for a while. And it feels really good. I know what I'm going to do every morning. It doesn't feel difficult. So that's good. I get up every morning, weekday mornings, usually around five. My boyfriend works at Starbucks. And so usually when he gets up is when I get up. And sometimes my body will wake me up naturally, but usually I'm up around five, sometime between five and six. And that gives me enough time before on regular weekdays before I have to go to work, I have to be there at nine. And that gives me plenty of time. I have four hours of time to get stuff done. Now that may not work for everybody. And your morning routine is definitely going to be personal to you. You might not be doing so much in the morning. And also you might be a night owl. I'm an early bird. You might be a night owl. And this is definitely adaptable to folks who are night owls. You just have to take everything and do it in the afternoon or the evening. So Let's start talking about my routine, and I'm just going to kind of step you through from when my alarm wakes up until I leave to work, and I'll just go into the things that I do most mornings, usually in this order, but some mornings it'll kind of shift depending on my mood, but this is pretty much daily what I do as I wake up, and this also includes on the weekends. I know I said that I woke up at five during the weekdays. Usually it's between six and seven on the weekends. And I still do these things even on weekends. So my morning routine is seven days a week and that feels good and that works for me. So what do I do each day? Well, the first thing I do after I wake up is kind of lay in bed for a few minutes and allow my body to adjust to being awake, especially if I've woken up to an alarm. I usually need a couple of minutes to adjust. Then I, you know, do normal morning bathroom stuff, but I do a couple of other things In addition to that, you know, I get up and I use the bathroom, but I actually am doing a keto diet and I've been doing that for a few months now and I actually test my ketone levels every morning. So if you do keto or low low carb and you're not aware, they actually make ketone test strips that you can use to test your body for that. And I know this is going to sound a little gross, so forgive me, but they're urine test strips. You don't have to like prick your um, prick your arm or anything. You don't need to use blood. So I find that that's super useful. So if you didn't know that those exist, I will definitely link to the ones that I use in the show notes and you can grab those. They're great. After that, I weigh myself daily. And so I find that doing a clean way is the best thing. And after I've just woken up, I try not to drink or eat anything before I go into the bathroom Um, I test the ketone strips and then I jump on the scale. So I know that my body is just weighing my body. I'm not having a bunch of other stuff, no food, no water, no, no clothes, (laughs) none of that stuff affecting the weight. Then after that, I usually shower. I shower, um, most days, usually I'll skip one here or there if, you know, I haven't done anything crazy the day before, but I shower most days and that kind of takes the first chunk of my routine. After I'm out of the bathroom, I usually will go to make coffee. Every so often I'll do that first. I'll run out, make coffee, and let it brew while I'm taking a shower. But sometimes I don't. I'll often, after my shower, go out and start the coffee. And then while I'm doing coffee, I like to do this. I use this technique a lot. 
I overlap things. So while the coffee is brewing, I'll do whatever dishes are in the sink from the day before. And that's usually the, the time that they get done every day for me. Some folks don't like to go to bed with dishes in the sink. That doesn't bother me so much, but I usually do them most mornings and I kind of overlap them. I find that the time that it takes the coffee to brew is enough time to get the dishes done. So I do that. And then also while I'm doing that, I'm listening to a podcast. And that's kind of one of my things in the morning that I love to do. Every morning I'm listening to some podcast, whether that's Happier, which I've referenced a few times, or Side Hustle School. That's a new one that I've been listening to a lot. Sometimes I'll listen to the Life Coach School. There's a number of them, but usually most mornings I listen to a podcast as I'm doing some of my other morning routine things. And that's a, a really good strategy is overlapping things. So I'm really getting three things done at once. I've got coffee brewing, dishes getting done, and I'm listening to a podcast all at the same time. And usually while I'm listening to the podcast, that kind of overlaps or overhangs the coffee and dishes. So I'll go and I'll sit with my coffee and just listen for a few minutes, which is really nice, really relaxing. After the podcast episode finishes, I go out and water my flowers. I have a set of flowers. I talked about those a couple of episodes ago in the Feast for Your Eyes. I think that was episode number three. And I go out and I water those flowers. And like I said back then in that episode, I use this almost as a premeditative technique. I kind of find myself being present and just enjoying the act of watering the flowers and looking at them every day. I'll water those celosia plants out on the balcony and then I'll come in and I'll check the orchid and the bonsai tree in the apartment to see if they need water and I'll do that. And then that leads me right into my next thing and I do a mindfulness exercise every morning and that is meditation. I didn't meditate for a while and I knew kind of in my mind that I wanted to. And so I finally put it into my morning routine. I established a place for it in my routine and I've been doing it almost every day for a few months now. And it feels great. You know, I've, I find myself being able to just focus and be present for a little while. It's helping me to get into this calmer, more peaceful, more joyful Headspace, which is interesting because that's the app I actually use. I use Headspace on a daily basis, and I actually paid for that app. I love it. Andy Puttycomb, the founder of Headspace, has such a he has such a calming voice, and he's great in the meditation exercises. And there's so much content on there now, so I use that every day. And I usually do a 10 minute meditation. And I usually have a pack going. I started with the starter pack and then I moved into one on anxiety and now I'm doing one on relationships and there's a whole bunch of them. And every so often I'll kind of switch it out and do one of their daily packs or something like that. But that meditation really helps me to calm and focus combined with the coffee and the inspiration I'm getting from the podcast. That helps me launch into my next next step, not the next one, there's one still in between, but I usually am working on easier in the morning, this podcast. But before I do that, I journal. And I actually don't love writing giant long journal entries. So what I discovered, it was actually kind of out of need. I started journaling because I needed to track my carb intake and my ketone levels and all that stuff and my weight. I wanted to track those things because my body kind of got stuck for a little while in my weight loss. And so I started tracking these things. And what it turned into is this wonderful, also almost mindfulness technique, wherein I track a set of daily goals. I track a few statistics about myself. And I track some memories every single day, and an item of gratitude. So that's great. So 
what I do, I have, I originally had this broken out. I have a bullet journal and I use a Moleskine notebook and I had a stat tracker and a habit tracker. And I was tracking a whole bunch of stats about myself. And those things included my weight, my ketone levels, my happiness level, the amount of sleep that I got, the energy level I felt, those kinds of things. I tracked a whole bunch of stuff. And then I had a separate habit tracker where I track whether I did the meditation that day, whether I watered my flowers, whether I took my vitamin, whether I was active that day and I look at anything over 5,000 steps. That's me getting away from my desk and at least walking a little bit. I count that as being active for that day and whether or not I've written in my journal. And that's kind of just by the fact that I wrote that day. So I do both of those things in my journal every single day. And then I transition into an awesome technique that I found. I believe this one came from Amy Porterfield's online marketing made easy podcast. She had a guest on and this person talked about writing out a set of daily goals. And that has really been transformative. I've been able to focus my energies into the things that are really important to me. And the set of daily goals, I'll go over a couple of them. I find that I'm making such progress toward them because they're so clear and I write them every single day. So I have an entry in my journal. I put the date and then I track each goal. Currently, there are seven of them. And then underneath, I actually track memories and gratitude, which I'll talk about in a second. But I track these goals or I write these goals every day. And that helps me to get them in my mind. I take that a small step further. And so I write out the goal and I'm using grid paper in my notebook. That's the kind that I got. I got the grid style. And in the like second to last box to the right, I put a little arrow and that'll be either a an arrow that points to the right, an arrow that points to the left, or it'll just be a straight line. And what those mean is if I made any progress toward that goal that I just wrote the day before, I put an arrow that points to the right or kind of points forward. If I took a step backwards or regressed on a goal, I put an arrow that points to the left. And if I didn't do anything with that goal, I put a horizontal line with no arrow on either end, which kind of means nothing happened. So I'm able to kind of just quickly reflect on what I did the day before. So the goals, and I'm doing this from memory, so I've got seven. We'll see how many I can remember off the top of my head. I should be able to remember most. I've been doing this for weeks. So the first one that I have is that I am peaceful, joyful, patient, and kind. The second one is that I want 100% of my income to come from my business. Actually, let me back up for one second. I should say this. The technique in involves writing the goals as though you've already accomplished them. You write them as though they're done. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to say them the way that I write them as opposed to saying what they are the way I was. I'm going to say them just how I write them. So the first goal is I am peaceful, joyful, patient, and kind. The second one is 100% of my income comes from my businesses. Number three is I weigh 225 pounds. Number four is we live in California. Number five is I'm part of an awesome business friends group. Number six is we own a beach house. And number seven is I am at ease with anxiety. And maybe sometime later, I'll go into each of those goals and give a little more detail. But that's the seven that I track every day. And that has shifted. The, there were were a few that I actually completed. And when I complete them in the spot where I put the arrows, I put a little smiley face, which says that it's done. And then I don't write them anymore. And it's just helped me to really stay focused on what's important to me. So 
that is something that I do every day and it really helps me to focus. And then the last couple things I do in my journal, I take in, so as I write my goals, I put the number first and I write the goal to the right of that. And then when I get to the memories, instead of the number, I put an M and I write the things that stand out to me in very like quick bullet format. I'll write like three things in a line. And if there's more, I'll do two or three lines and that's it. I'm not doing a a soliloquy on the things from the day before. They're just quick things. So I can flip back through my journal and the high points will stand out if I ever look back through it, which is really cool. I love the idea of having those things tracked and I write positive and negative things, whatever sticks out in my mind about the previous day. And then the last thing I do, I do at least one, usually just one, but at least one thing I'm grateful for. And that can be anything from I'm grateful for my electricity in my home, to my car, to my boyfriend for whatever he did that day, to anything that I feel grateful for. And I find things all over the place. I said I was grateful for my washing machine, all kinds of things like that. It just helps you to focus on the things that you have. So that's my journal. I do that every day. I know it sounds like a lot, but it really only takes a maximum of 10 minutes to do the journaling. So like I was saying before, I combine the coffee and the meditation and the journal, all of those things, and the podcast, I combine all of those things and that puts me in my space to actually get started working on this podcast. And those things I find they kind of transition me into work. Before I would find that I kind of resisted work in the morning and maybe it was the projects I was working on then because this actually feels super easy to get started. But I previously would kind of be resistant. And so that transitions me into working on easier and it's really soft and natural to transition. So I work on easier for at least an hour and a half every morning, usually from about 6.30 to about 8. And then finally at 8 o'clock, I stop what I'm doing and I get ready for work. It usually takes me about 35, 40 minutes to finish getting ready getting dressed. Sometimes I'll do laundry there. And maybe that's part of the problem is that sometimes bit, maybe I need to try to do it every day or something. I'll have to think about that. I'll let you know if I come up with something, but that period is for getting ready for work. And sometimes I'll throw in some breakfast there. If I have time, I've been doing intermittent fasting, so that hasn't been taking up time during my routine lately. But once I go back to normal eating, that's usually where I'll eat breakfast. And sometimes I'll overlap that. I'll put eggs in my egg cooker or I'll let something kind of go slowly on the stove and then go fold laundry or something and I'll overlap there. And then I leave at 8.38 a.m. every morning. I know that's ridiculous, but I've been doing it for so long that I know how long it takes to get to work and I get to work right on time, right about you know two minutes before nine, depending on traffic. So that's my morning routine. I know it's kind of long. I will list it all out at easiercast.com slash six. If you're interested in reading it and want to list, you don't have to write it all down or anything like that. But I'm curious. It's time for a little bit of audience participation. Do you have a morning routine? Because I would love to hear about whatever you do every morning. And maybe there's some things I could borrow from you to insert into my routine. So If you have one, why did you start it? What do you include? What challenges do you face? Anything about your morning routine, I'd love you to let me know. And you can do that by emailing podcast at easiercast.com or visiting easiercast.com slash six and scrolling all the way to the bottom of that page to leave a comment. Last up, I have a really quick life hack. This one involves getting up in the morning. I know a lot of folks struggle with 
waking up to their alarm, my boyfriend included, who has to open at Starbucks. So something that we've been trying is we have Google Homes in our house. We actually have three of them. And some folks have Amazon Echoes. Either one you have will work for this. But if you have those devices, then what you can do is you can set an alarm on those devices. So you can say, hey, Google, set an alarm for 6 a.m., whatever it is. And the Google Home will do that, or the Echo will do that if you say Alexa. And then what you do is you let that alarm wake you up in the morning. Kevin actually sets an alarm on his phone too, so he's kind of pre-woken up. But when that alarm goes off, you cannot shut it off with your voice. You actually have to get up, at least with the homes, you can tap the volume buttons to turn the alarm off. I imagine the Echoes can do something similar, but you have to get up and turn it off. That way, you don't have to put your phone across the room or anything like that, but you have something that you have to physically get up, walk across the room, and turn it off. And I found that, and Kevin has found that that actually works for him. I tend not to have the problem of getting out of bed in the morning when the alarm goes off, but Kevin sometimes struggles with it. So that really has helped him and it's gotten him up and off to work on time. So definitely give that a shot. I will put a link to both where you can buy a Google Home and an Amazon Echo in the show note at easiercast.com slash six. And that's it for episode number six of Easier. Remember, you should let me know how the mini laundry strategy is working for you or if you have any ways that help you get your laundry done and help me to make that better. Then you should, if you haven't already, create your own morning routine and try reading The Sweet Spot by Christine Carter. If you do create one or have one, be sure to let me know what you include or if you have any challenges and I'll remind you how to do that in just a second. And finally, get a Google Home or an Amazon Echo and use its alarm feature to help you wake up in the morning. Don't turn it off with your voice. Always turn it off by getting up and tapping it. If you do do any of these things, like I said, I want you to let me know. You can email me at podcast at easiercast.com or leave a comment at easiercast.com slash seven. When you get to that page, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and that's where the comments will be. Also, the links, everything we've talked about in this episode is right above that. So there, I kind of keep them all organized at the bottom of each page of show notes. So if you're looking for them, that's where they are. I really appreciate, as always, that you're listening to the Easier Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.